Welcome listeners to the Out There Business Podcast. In this podcast, you will hear interviews from business owners and founders discussing their successes, failures, and any key tips and advice they have in their sector of work. You will also hear personal development, mindset, and business advice to keep you and your business thriving. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode. Hey listeners, just a real quick one. This podcast wouldn't be possible without our sponsor, Out There. So Out There is a new social business directory app in the UK that is targeting small to medium businesses and tradespeople straight to new customers and clients. Out There provides its business and customer users with a vast array of features to either get the businesses in the spotlight or get that customer the professional service they need. Out There have beauty salons, barbers, plumbers, electricians, cake makers, dog groomers, you name it out there have it out there also gives business support and educational content to all its business users so running a business does not have to be lonely or difficult anymore out there supports you in any way they can so with this podcast out there are giving businesses a one month free trial to build that trust and for you customer users it's totally free so go download it on apple and android devices and check it out it's a very exciting time for out there as they have tons of new features pumping out with a live booking system coming very soon so now let's jump into the show welcome rebecca to the out there business podcast rebecca you are a co-director of Giraffe Graphics, which is a print and embroidery company, and you specialise in graphic designs, print, signage and vehicle graphics. Giraffe Graphics are a nationwide company. The quality of your clothing and print is amazing. I have personally received items from you and I can highly recommend Mm -hmm. to anyone and to any company. So Rebecca, what made you choose this path? Um, I guess it wasn't really a path that I was trying to choose anyway. Um, I left school in um, German Royal Navy, which was incredible. Um, worked in um, mental health, worked in a bank, worked in home care. And then um, I think I'm just one of those people that is impossible to work for anyone else because I'm so bossy and I want everything my way. And really, I had no other choice but to set up a business. My uh, boyfriend at the time, Chris, had got previous experience in graphic design, print embroidery, and I just came home one day and was like, Hey darling, we're going to start a company and it's going to be a print and embroidery company and I'm going to run it, but you're still going to get to work every day and it's going to be great. And he was just like, oh, okay then. And that's literally how Giraffe Graphics was Giraffe born. Giraffe was born. Yeah. Perfect. So how long has it been going? We've been going nearly five years this year. Oh, great. Yeah. That's good. It is. It's good to get past that point. Yeah. It is. It is good. <laughs> so tell me a bit more about the Navy. Like, oh, that intrigues gosh. me, the Navy. I'd never have thought that. It's, it's brilliant, that. Oh, the Navy is just, like, incredible. It is, like, something... It's, like, nothing that I've ever done before. You are instantly part of a family with, like, 100 lads and probably, like, five other girls, and you you literally eat, sleep, and drink together all yeah. the time. It's just, it is amazing. Um, I was in the reserves in Nottingham for two and a half years, and I did six months as a regular... Um, but I got pinged for some amazing stuff. So did like the Windsor Castle, um, Royal Muster. Uh, right. I've got this cool photo of marching past the Queen, which was amazing. Wow. And then we got to um, do another parade for the Queen on the River Thames a couple of months later. And then I got um, pinged for security duty for the 2012 Olympics. 
So I was security for the 24 Olympics. I was attached to a marine detachment and did that mainly at Greenwich Park and a bit at the um, Olympic Park, which was incredible. That's incredible. It, it, yeah, it was like the best. It was like the best couple of years of my life. Um, I hope my husband's not listening to this. <laughs> no, no, marrying you, darling, was the best, was the best time of my life. Um, yeah, no, it was just, it was great. It was like going to a different um, city every every weekend. Like we'd be in Liverpool for a football competition, and then we'd go down to Portsmouth for um, just like a sailing weekend or something. Yeah, and made like friends for life. Mm-hmm. Did you ever travel outside the UK? No. No. Nope. So Always got paying for UK duties. Yeah, so. But I was only 16 to like 18, nearly 19. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. quite young. Really. Yes, yeah, so we're going out. So what was the volunteering work? So you went down the, is it, was it the volunteering work after the Navy? Um, so, what, yeah, so I worked, I worked for a mental health company. Right, mental health, sorry. Yeah. sorry. Um, I worked for a mental health charity, which was, which was good. Um, yeah. And I got to go out and spend a lot of time in like a care respite situation. So um, I would go out and... Um, take people in the community out and about so the people that were caring for them could have like respite yeah so I did that for a while and then got promoted to the um at the bench Sheffield got promoted to the Derbyshire team and then got got sent back to the Sheffield team to um a sort of a like a sort of manager sort of thing yeah. but it's my job to look after volunteers so I had to recruit volunteers in train them retain them and then send them out in the community yeah as well as like sort of help to manage the staff as well yeah so I probably got a bit sidetracked there yeah. but Tell people how sort of important it is for companies and business owners to be embroidered up and be branded up. Um, it's all about the brand awareness, basically, isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, the majority of, of our clients are either in manufacturing or they're small tradespeople. They work for themselves, small yeah. teams. Um, and I think, especially, for example, if you're a builder and you are trying to get someone to part with a hundred grand. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if one guy turns up and they're in scruffy clothes, a, a white van that's not branded, they turn yeah. up at the door, they haven't even got a business card to give yes. you, are you going to give them your thousand, uh, your, te- your um, hundred grand, yeah. or are you going to wait for someone to turn up with a with a van that's sign written, yeah. decent, clean polo on, gives you a business card, branded folder, etc. Yeah. Who are you more likely to trust with that money? Yeah. And I think that's what people don't think about. Tradesmen have got a bad reputation. And then by not having things like branded clothing, looking mm-hmm. smart and having that sort of like reputation, they're not really helping themselves to get no. their clients to part with the, with the cash. Definitely not. And that's a perfect like explanation. Like even thinking about it. Someone came now, I'd definitely give the man what's branded up. You know he's just serious about his business. Well, you know they're not going to run off with your money. Yes, That's yeah, the thing. You, yeah. In your head, you subconsciously think, well, they've got polos done, they've got business cards done, they've got a van done, they can't just Disappear. go away. Yeah. yeah. Whereas a guy that turns up in a white van, where's he from? Who is he? Yeah. You feel like you've got no sort of like... Attachment. Exactly. Yeah. You feel like, well, if he goes anywhere, can I find him? Yeah. Sort of like a trust thing. It yeah. builds trust with your clients by being branded up. Yeah. Having that presence. But it always makes me chuckle when, when um, businesses say they can't afford things like workwear. I'm like, so you can't afford a £10 polo, <laughs> yes, but you're yeah. charging a hundred grand to do a building project. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. yeah. It's not that. It's your branding and your embroidery and your signage on your vehicles get your work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. If you do a, say, if you're doing a patio outside a house and you've got your van outside there, there's always people walking past and easily take your number off the van and off you go, you've got more work. Especially on neighbourhoods. Yeah. So like, you know, you've seen, so like Mrs Smith across the road could see that her neighbours had all this work done and they've seen the guys come back every day. They've got that bit of trust because they've seen yes, them every day. Yeah. Um, Mrs Smith's neighbour's really, really happy with all the work that they've done. Yeah. Um, it, it just, yeah, it's yeah. a really, really easy next yeah. sale. Yeah. 
it's just a, it's an investment and it's a small investment what you can yeah. make into your business for a massive return basically. yeah so what have you what hurdles have you faced in this sector what would you say your main hurdles have been um i mean there's a lot of print embroidery companies out there there's mm. a heck of a lot of people like this to print online yeah that can turn them out really cheaply yeah. um but i've had stuff off there and the quality has been nothing compared to yours basically a lot of it is to do with if you go and see someone like for example us we've got samples we'll show you what the different brands are what products we've got available and we know what washes well what lasts we if you sort of say i'm looking i'm a, I'm a bit on the on the slimmer side and um, i'd like a nice fitting t-shirt i've got one that i can offer yeah, you yeah. And i can show it to you yeah. whereas if you're trying to look online it you like trying to find the needle in the haystack. Yes, yeah. you, you know what you want, but you don't know which one it is. Mm -hmm. But I've got that information that I can share with you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why there is so much value in going to local, small print and embroidery companies rather than just buying the cheap crap that's online. Because yeah. it comes to you, you wash it once, it's shrunk, you're never going to wear it again, and mm -hmm. you think, shit, I've just, just wasted like 15 quid on yeah, a t shirt. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when you first started out, it's, it's quite hard to market as such. All businesses find it really hard to market. So starting out, how did you get out there? How did you start the process of everything? What marketing tactics did you use? Was it networking mainly? Or? Yeah, do you know what? Like, looking back, I think I was so brave. Mm. I don't feel half as brave now as I was when I first started. That's probably the Navy. I think I was just so excited yes, and, yeah. and so believed in myself so much more then than I think I do now. Um, I joined a BNI group, which although I don't particularly like BNI, I actually got kicked out of BNI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is theme, isn't it? I'm just a bit bored, honestly. It's really bad. Yeah, so yeah, yeah right. so I joined I joined, joined BNI and um, I just got stuck in with it, having the one to ones, yeah. meeting everybody, finding out what they did. And I realised that I actually really enjoyed connecting people. So I'd be like, they'd ask for so-and-so. And I'd be like, oh, I know so-and-so. Like, I can introduce you. And yeah. like things like that got me quite excited. Yeah. So I, was, I guess I was a natural networker. Yeah. And, there, and therefore, it just grew and grew. Yeah. And most of our business, even now, still comes from old b and referrals. Right. Man. You have got the confidence, though, to talk. Like I, I do. I have a motor man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I have a motor man. My, uh, in fact, my nickname in the Navy, one, one of them was LVA, which is like um, a loud vocal alarm. Um, <laughs> LVA, yeah. Well, what do you wish you had known? What do you wish you had known before starting out? So, um, so what you know now, what do you wish you knew before you started out? What could make the process easier for you? I think the problem in, to, in the problem in today's society is everybody wants everything now and they want the best of the best now. Yeah. Nobody wants to start with version one because no. they want version ten now. You yeah, can't have everything now. Yeah, and do you know if, if I hadn't started off, if we hadn't started off with popping fifty quid each in a part, buying some second hand machinery, trying to make something yeah. of it, I wouldn't appreciate now going into my really nice office and seeing my four embroidery machines and seeing my members of staff and. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't appreciate that. I take it all for granted. Yeah. So from coming from nothing to having a successful business, you've got to go through that. You can't just even the kids that have got those mummies and daddies that have got loads of money. You can't just wake up one day and say, "Daddy, can I have fifty grand?" Oh, there yeah. you go. Because then you <clears throat> you lose out on all those steps, yeah. and it's those steps yeah. that you grow, and it's it, they're like the pillars of the foundation of business. It's the process. It is the process, you, and you can't speed that up. No. Sometimes if you go from version nothing to version 10, mm. 
you, there's more likely that you're going to fail because you haven't got mm-hmm. the experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. So if you go to version 10 and you scale really quickly, you haven't got everything in place, you haven't got the experience in place to do that. So everything's just part of the process. But it can't, the problem is, is that it can't all be good stuff. Um, <coughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, you can't always have... People go into business and want everything to be rosy and great and the hardships set you up for the good times and without the bad times you would never appreciate the good times and I think in business you've got to take all the good times you can get because there's way more bad times than there's good times and when people stand there and and, and like famous people and say I've got this business and it's great and it's like yeah but it's not always like that and what you see on social media is like the good bits you don't see the 10 shit things that happen for that one good moment And there's no such thing really as an overnight success, no. as such. Even Mark Zuckerberg, yes. bless him, yeah. started off as in, he, in his back bedroom. Yeah. But he also had like six other businesses before Facebook, which yeah. all failed. Yeah. So it's yes, that one business might have done really well. Facebook has done phenomenal. Mm. But before that, he's had so many other businesses that have failed, and he's learned so much from them businesses mm. to implement into Facebook to mm. grow Facebook. Definitely. Yeah. So it's just the process. So what's the next steps for you in business? So I've just sort of changed my role recently in the last few weeks. Um, I've always been office-based, sort of doing the admin, sales, marketing stuff. So we've now got an employee um, who's full-time with us called Joe. So he does now all the marketing and social media stuff, so I don't have to do that anymore, which has been great because he has a real eye for it. He's, um, I was going to say he's younger than me, he's like three years younger than me, but he's very trendy, very, he sort of, Follows the latest trends, yeah. um, whereas I'm like a 90 year old woman in a 26 year old body. <laughs> yeah. So like he keeps us all up to date with stuff, um, and he comes up with some amazing ideas and, and campaigns and things. Whereas now I go out and sort of, um, I like to call it a play rep, which yeah. means I just go around, visit all of our clients, yeah. pop in for a coffee, be really nosy and ask them how they are in their life, and it's just, I love it. It's yeah. like the job that I've always wanted now. Yeah. yeah. I love going to see people. I'm uber sociable. I hate being locked in the office. Yeah. I love having meetings with people. Even, not even for sales meetings, just because I enjoy talking to people. Yeah. You've got loads of energy. Haven't you? And, I, and I find that if I'm, if I'm in the office all day with the boys and I don't see anybody, I find you stir crazy. Yeah, I struggle with that. And I think that's back to going in the Navy. Yeah. Like, at no point in my Navy career was I ever on my own. Like, no. ever. You even shower in a block with like six other people. Yeah. I know. <laughs> like you're just never ever alone and I think yeah I'm, I, I'm, I'm not very good on my own no what, what's your favourite memory related to this project so what's your favourite memory about graphics um, I think the problem in business is that um, you think about something so for example we we needed to we didn't have enough money to buy an embroidery machine yeah we can buy cheap embroidery machines yeah. but they're crap we yeah. wanted the creme de la creme of embroidery machines yeah. you're looking about 15 grand yeah and we didn't have any money because we, we got this 50 quid that was stuck in each and we bought your second machine from these dodgy place in Essex. That's another story. <laughs> and then we wanted, but we found that loads of people coming to us and they were like, um, I want to do, I'm a, tra- I'm a tradesman, I'm a builder, I need some uniform, I want embroidery, not print. But we just can't afford an, uh, an embroidery machine. Yeah. And Chris convinced me that it'd be a great idea. And it's one of those things that I went to the show, I had a look at them, we agreed to buy one and they started popping the champagne and I was just literally took this champ- this um like sip of champagne was like shit like <laughs> this is like half of my mortgage payment a month on this embroidery machine 
Chris is just about to leave his job. Giraffe's basically paying for itself. We've only had this mortgage like six months. Yeah. We've got no money in the bank. Like, what are we doing? Like this is like inside I was like, we have made such a terrible mistake. But even now in business, I mean, Chris wants to buy another piece of equipment. He was talking to me about it yesterday. I'm like, could you stop? For goodness sake, Chris, <laughs> stop buying shit. <laughs> like, think about it. And, and do you know what? In business, I just think there's never a right time really to do anything. You can wait and wait and wait and if you really want it, you'll make it work. Yeah. Like, I mean, now, I mean, fast forward five years and we've got four of our own machines. Yes. Yeah. And they're amazing. I mean, the, the, that, that one that we popped the champagne for, that actually blew up yesterday, but we're not going to dwell on that. We're not going to dwell on that. The engineer's going to come out today and fix it. But, yeah, I just think you've got to take every day as it comes and you've got to think about every day because if I sat here now and thought about of all the things, I don't know, all the payments that are going to go out this month, and all the sales that I need to get in to make sure those payments go out, and all the things that I need to get sorted, and you just you just end up in a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. Whereas I just think, right, today I need to do X, Y, Z, and if I do X, Y, Z today, I'll get to so and so, and that'll be great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I try not to. You have to have a plan, but I try not to plan too much because yeah. I like the excitement of not really knowing mm-hmm. what could happen. What could happen? <laughs> I, actually, I was watching a, a video this morning. Uh, Dan Pagnon said this quote, and it was, uh, stop going through life with your emergency brakes on. So, like, cars now have emergency brakes. Yeah, we have that in our car. Yeah. So, it's stop going through life with your emergency brakes on because you're scared of failure, but mm-hmm. failure is just testing. And it sort of, like, really resonated with me because there's a lot of people are like that. Like, you could have had your brakes on when getting that embroidery machine, and it probably could have stopped you actually forming giraffe graphics. It's interesting you mentioned that actually about failure. Um, to sidetrack, um, we're doing a. Um, I get I get to a local church. And we're doing a course at the moment about like life and things that stop us succeeding in life. Yeah. There's like loads of different things covered. And um, a couple of weeks ago, there was a, a a bit that we read, and it was talking about um, sort of things that hold you back. Mm. And I realised that I have an innate like an absolute controlling fear of failure, mm. and because of that. I get very anxious about things and I worry about things and, mm-hmm. and actually I realised that everything's gonna be alright in the end. Yeah, like yeah, it, it really it re- yeah, everything's yeah, gonna it be fine, everything's gonna be okay. And and since then, since I've realised I've got this terrible fear of failure, yeah. I've been able to work on it and actually feel a lot better about things yeah. going forward. Yeah. Um but I realised that looking back, I've not done so much stuff because I've been so scared of failing. Yeah. And actually, I think failure for a small business owner is like the number one thing that can literally oh, just stop you. Because you second guess every single thing yeah. you do. Mm-hmm. Like, I wake up sometimes and, and I think, who am I to go out and speak to so and so about their big project? Yeah. Oh, there's bigger companies that me can sort out. Mm-hmm. Like, are we good enough to be able to do that work? Are we good enough to do work with these people? Of course we are. Yeah, of course we are. Quite often, people that, are doing, that appear to be doing better than you don't have any more knowledge than you, mm-hmm. they just have more confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My number one rule, my number one life rule is everything is figure outable. Everything. And I, I've used that rule so much in life and it's got me more or less to where I am today. Yeah. It's won me work. I've been given work where I thought that's impossible for me to do it. And I've just priced it and I've gone with it and I've got it and it's yeah. been done. And I think it's a thing what can hold people back quite mm-hmm. a lot. Failure. But I, it's just tests. 
as soon as you get past it, you're more experienced. Just don't make the same failure twice, basically. <laughs> the vicar at our church always says, let's see what, let's see what we can get away with. Yeah, that's his yeah. thing, that's his thing that he always says yeah. to me. I'll be, I'll be having a, a talk to him about something, and he'll go, I'm just like, let's see what we can get away with. <laughs> and you know, I think, gosh, like, yeah. And you've just got to go, and if it doesn't work out, that's okay. Like, you can't, you can't expect to have a hugely successful company and have never failed at anything no. like that. It's so unrealistic. Mm, yeah. And actually, the things that I failed um, at, or things that haven't worked out properly, or the way I wanted it to work, has actually ended up giving me a new path to something else that's, that's, that's been bigger and better. Yes. Um, yeah. And it, it helps you to grow. Yeah. You've yeah, got it does. to grow. It does. And going back a little bit to Vision Zero, you can't go straight to Vision 10. Yeah. I was, wa- I was watching a video on uh, Jeff Bezos the other day, mm. and he was actually on about the first couple of months in his business, mm. and he was actually wrapping parcels on the floor of his garage because he didn't have benches, he couldn't afford benches. So he actually offered to buy his friends knee pads because they were cheaper than tables. Mm. And uh, anyway, he didn't end up buying knee pads, but he bought tables uh, and he used to run to the to the delivery vans and chase them all around the village and stuff. But that's now, look at it, it's one of the biggest companies in the world. And he started in his garage, mm-hmm. wrapping parcels on the floor, even questioning whether to get knee pads because it's mm. cheaper than tables. Mm-hmm. And now he's at like version. Five thousand. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> but, is. And quite often, I think we walk into businesses that are really hugely successful, and we're walking like, "Oh my goodness, wow, this is yeah. amazing!" Yeah. And like, we didn't really ever know where they came from. Like, we no. started off in our garage. Yes. Yeah. Like Chris's mum's garage. Yeah. But yeah, yeah you don't realise where where things go. No. Or where they come from. If you could turn back time, when you was, let's say, sixty, because you're quite young still. Um, so, 10 years ago, <laughs> let's go back 10 years. <laughs> if you could go back 10 years, what would you do? What, should, what job would you pursue, basically? Do you know what? I think, I've, I think I would choose to be exactly where I am now. Yeah. I think I'm happier now than I've ever been in my entire yeah. life. But the exact same process, Navy, yeah. going yeah. through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because if you took skills. any of those pieces out, yeah. I wouldn't be where I am now. No. That's true. Um, I mean, I really wanted to be a nurse when I was when I was sixteen, and I applied for university and I got in. Um, but then I also applied for navy at the same time, so I was yeah. just going to be a medic in the navy. Yeah. Um, I think the thing is, is that, and this is something that I tell a lot of the of the kids that I work with, is that just because you've got an idea of what you want to do when you're older, do you know if that doesn't work out, that's okay. Yeah. Your identity is not in the job that you have; it mm. is in you as a person. Definitely. And I think that that is when when kids go to careers advisors and stuff like that, and they, they're supposed to know right Instantly. now, yeah, and then crazy. people. That's why that's why people feel so anxious and, yeah. and, and unsure of themselves. Yeah. I, I've been through what like four or five jobs. I've worked in a bank. I've worked for the navy. Yeah. I've worked in mental health. Worked in yeah. healthcare. Now I work in green embroidery. Yeah. And none of them link up. No, they don't. Um, but they all they all play part of, of my journey. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think for the thing now is the reason why I like working at Draft so much. Or being part of draft is because I I I choose everything I do. Like I choose to I've cho- chosen to come to you yes, today. Yeah. I've chosen to go to my next meeting. Yeah. I don't have to. No. I can go home now and go and get back in bed if I want to. Yeah. But I decide what I do with my life. Yeah. And I think for me that trumps like um, money. It, it trumps ev- it anything. Does. I can do exactly what I want to do right. Yeah. Right when I decide that I want yeah. to do it. It's be, freedom. Yeah. You could be mega rich but tied down to 
ridiculous work hours, not seeing your family, not seeing your friends, not communicating with the world, and that's not good. And at one point, I think I would have said um, that I want, probably want to be a millionaire, and I want yeah. to get as much money as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. What's the most important thing that you've probably learned in life? I think in terms of people is that we have this perception when we go and see somebody, maybe they're like a CEO of quite a big company. Mm -hmm. And everyone, everyone's sort of like, everyone's trying to fake it till they make it. Yeah. And also nobody knows everything, but we convince ourselves that the CEOs of big companies know everything and they don't. Yeah. And we actually yeah, never yeah. grow up. I, yeah. I, I still think I think the same I do now as I did when I was 16. Yes. Yeah. We just, we've just got a bit more knowledge and a bit more wisdom and yeah. we just sort of wing it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But really, everyone's everyone needs to help anybody out. Yeah. Even the people that appear to have made it have still got problems of their own. We've all got problems. Nobody's yeah. nobody's acing life. No. We're all just trying to get through. And if we can make that journey for each other a bit easier, then I'm I'm all for that. Yeah. Yeah. What's the biggest thing that you failed at? I think probably I obviously got kicked out of the navy. <laughs> yeah. Um, which. At the time, I felt my entire life was about to crumble yeah. because I, I felt I'd probably from the age of 14, 15, I'd everything in my life was leading up to the Navy. Yeah. And then I went to the Navy, and then obviously presumed I'd be in there for the next 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. And then obviously didn't, it didn't work out like that. Mm -hmm. And I came home and I, I felt an immense, um, immense struggle with failure. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that's where a lot of my anxiety with failure started. Mm -hmm. that oh, I failed at the Navy, so I, next thing I need to do, I need to succeed, and then I need to succeed, and then I need yeah. to succeed. Yeah. But actually, all that's done is 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 giving me a lot of anxiety over failure. Yeah. Yeah. When actually, <clears throat> I don't regret going to the Navy. I don't, I don't regret coming out of the Navy. Yeah. Looking back, it probably wasn't the career choice for me. Yeah. Um, it all leads you to the straight path, doesn't it, basically? Yeah, yeah. And it all leads you to where you are now. And as I yeah. say, everything, all the jigsaw pieces connect mm. and have given the person I am today. Yeah. It's crazy what life paths you actually go down. Because with me, I built a house when I was quite young. And uh, I was either going down the route of buying a really nice car or mm -hmm. building my own house. Mm -hmm. um, and I decided to build my own house. Mm -hmm. And then while building my house, I thought of the idea out there because I was struggling to get people. So I was struggling to get trades. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't build the house, I wouldn't have thought about that. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be doing this podcast now. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know what I'd be doing. It mm. couldn't. It's, it's just crazy what, what where different paths take you. Just different little decisions can lead you to different places. What are you What are you curious about right now? Curious. So <coughs> coronavirus. No. <laughs> what are you curious about right now? Um, I'm not curious about anything. I just try and be super, I just try and live in the moment, yep. think about today, mm -hmm. think about, I try and think about why I do everything, mm -hmm. so what's the point of everything, and I, I find that I just have to keep going on, going on straight and narrow path, and just thinking about what I'm trying to achieve, and how I'm going to get there, and where that'll take me. Mm -hmm. I don't think I particularly worry about anything like coronavirus or <laughs> anything like that really. That's probably a big balance. <laughs> <laughs> um, you was talking about. Did you go to university? No. 
Yeah. I went to uni because I went, I went to the Navy instead. Oh, wow. oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Which, if I'm honest, I think taught me like way more lessons than anybody yeah. who went to uni. Lessons, my husband so. went to uni, yeah, yeah. He's got nothing on my Navy career. <laughs> <laughs> How did you do at school? I did all right. I wasn't the I wasn't the most intelligent, but I wasn't the worst either. I was mm. really quite middle. Yeah. Um, but I, I massively excelled in extracurricular activities, so yeah. like cheerleading, dancing, yeah. prefect, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That was like my jam. Mm-hmm. If there was something that you had to sign up for, I was signing up for it. <laughs> and I was reading then. it and I was taking it over. <laughs> I was never particularly bothered about going to lessons. It's like when the bell went and we had to go to lessons, so I guess we'll have to go. Yeah. This is a... Um, Sort of a question what I ask all the guests on the podcast. If you could write one quote on a piece of paper uh, to give to someone or leave behind, it could be a quote or a sentence, what would it be? There's this one that I particularly, this quote that I particularly like, and it says, um, don't ever save anything for a special occasion, being alive is a special occasion. Yeah. Nice. And I really like that. Nice. Um, yeah, I think every day is, like tomorrow's not promised. No. We we have to take every day as it as it comes. We live in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I think saving things for special occasions is silly. Because yeah, it is. If you save it for like next month and you die tomorrow, then you can't go away. <laughs> yeah. So so where can the listeners find you to contact you? Um, on Facebook. So my name's Rebecca Blackwell. On Facebook, um, we've got a website. Um, yeah. Yeah. Online. I'll, I'll put Traffic all the fix, description yeah. below in the. I'll put your contact details in the description yeah. below. Anyway. Joe sorts out all them social medias. Yeah. Joe's on it. Perfect. <laughs> right. It's been amazing. Yeah. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed today's episode, people. Out there is currently looking for more business owners and founders to share their business and life stories to help and inspire others. If you'd like to be featured on the Out There podcast, please reach out to me by email. My email will be in the description below for you to find. The next episode will be released in just a few days, so please press the follow or hit the subscribe button to be notified. Have a great day, people, and thanks for listening.